Welcome to Deep Fried Hockey Pucks. My name is Mystery Steve, and this is my unedited audio journal. Uh, I've actually decided, uh, starting in this episode, it might sound my audio might sound just a little bit different, and that's because instead of recording directly to the website, which is what I usually do, uh, it has a time limit of uh, a time limit of half an hour. Um, and that's perfectly fine, but for a little bit of a better, more consistent audio quality, and for me to uh, not have the time limit in cases where I should, um, in cases where I should need more time, because there is a time limit of half an hour. I, I I don't know if I just said that or not, but there is a time limit of half an hour on the website. It's a great, it's a fine recorder. I don't have a cons- I don't have a significant problem with it, but it does have that issue. Um, well, it's not per se an issue, but you get my point. Uh, I will still try and keep these down to half an hour though, because I want to try and keep my wording as concise as possible. I do have a problem with that and with repeating myself and the like. And so, um, oh yeah. And also for a future project I'm planning on doing, this is going to make it a lot easier for me to put good sounding audio into whatever it's going to be again I don't want to make promises in case I can't actually do it but uh, it'll be a lot easier for me to record it directly like this for better audio quality than it would be for me to take for me to download it from the anchor website the compressed audio and put that into it it'd just be a better idea this way Um, and so I should let you know I am still using software you can use for free so I'm still going by those rules for myself, which is uh, what I'm using right now. It is a paid version of the software, but the free version that you can use for as long as you like, um, at least just in a downgraded version, but the audio recording is just as good. It's called Voice Meter. It takes a bit to set up at first and get used to, but once you're used to it, it's actually pretty uh, clear and concise. It's you know pretty easy to get a hold of you know, and to understand once you know the basic layout. And so there's an, basically it's for generally, I'm not sponsored by anybody, but it's, I just like the software. It's great for managing audio as long as you know how to use some audio settings in Windows and, you know, across stuff like that or whatever operating system you're using that it supports. Uh, I use Windows 10, by the way. And it just is, it's a great way to get more of a hold over your over the audio that goes in and out of your computer and to get more control over it. And I, I don't recommend just getting baseline voice meter. If you're going to go for it, I recommend at least voice meter banana. If you feel like springing for a license key, if you're going to use it for more than a month, uh, then, uh, and it's not, a lot of them aren't too expensive, especially if you're not using it for professional purposes. If it's just for your own personal use, then it's just like 10 bucks to get a license for voice meter potato, which is the more advanced one that I'm using. Basically, there's a lot of the same shit as banana, uh, but more of it and with a, just a couple more bells and whistles. Anyway, basically, you can get this still from free software because I like doing everything in free software so that other people can do the same things that I do without having the economical constraint. That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, but anyway, now on to the actual episode. Well, not episode. Basically, on to the hockey puck. Let's call it that. On the deep fried hockey puck. So I figured no better time than now, because uh, I was looking for the right time to talk about this, because it's a rather important topic. It's one that people should really get to know, and I wanted to do an episode today, just couldn't tell on what. And, uh, you know, 
just thought I'd throw this one out there. So if you're not familiar with autism, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to try and like not word this in a way that misrepresents anything. And it's not in like a bad light or anything. Uh, I am a person with autism. I am autistic. I, th I think it's usually, so for one, just to get this out of the way, uh, autistic people normally prefer to say, and there is a distinction here, I'm autistic rather than I have autism, because it's not as much something you have as something that you are. And it's not a bad thing to say that, but it's a different way that your brain works and interprets things and expresses things, at least naturally. Uh, and, you know, it, it basically, it fundamentally changes the... Uh, a lot about your brain I, again i'm trying not i'm trying to use specific wording so that i know i'm not misrepresenting anything because there's a lot of technical terminology involved in it that i as far as i'm considered i'm not licensed to use uh probably to know that i'm using properly uh part of me wants to get a professional in here at some point but i definitely don't have that kind of reach yet so i'm just going to do as best i can and i highly recommend you do your own googling with you know official sources with all sorts of citations and you know see where it takes you and talk to actual autistic people uh i'm open to what you know talking about whatever i know if you catch me in alt space or wherever anyway beyond that so autism is not a disease in case you think it is it's not a disability although it was hard to believe that when i was a kid it did make a lot of things harder so i had a lot of time when i was a kid um I, when I was a kid, I had a tough time in school and had very tough time socially. A lot of history of very severe bullying. But um, I, what am I trying to say? Basically, it makes it harder because, yes, you understand things and see things. Well, kind of see things, not like visually, but you understand and take from things that is more than what the people around you do in a lot of areas, like in terms of uh, comprehension and absorption of information and basically things other people just might not catch. But the thing is, it comes with the caveat that you also, uh, things that other people that are, I believe the proper term is neurotypical, basically what what you might call normal if you're, you know, if you're, if you aren't quite as educated on it, by the way, please don't like use normal as a thing to say not autistic or anything like that, or not any of these things, because it is patronizing. But what you would call normal, if you're going to go that route, that's what neurotypical is. You are, if you're listening, chances are you're neurotypical. I'm not going to assume though, maybe you're not. And so, um, what am I trying to say? Basically, there's things that you understand and interpret and comprehend about the world that I don't, or at least not in that same way. There's things that I may understand and absorb better than you, but there's things that you're going to absorb that are just basic things about life and emotional interpretation and thought expression and, well, interpretation as well. Uh, an emotional expression as well. There are there are things that I I hope I'm not getting too confusing, but there are things about that that you are not going to like that you, that that we are going to. I'm trying to I'm trying to word a rag because I don't script these. I just have bullet points. But basically, we interpret things differently 
naturally we express things differently naturally that's not a bad thing for either of us it's just it is different it's fundamentally different and you know it, it's important to note that different does not mean i'm not saying that to mean bad in this case you know if you're different good on you but it's it is different and so it's just a whole basically different way of thinking it's really hard to explain but when you're autistic that's how your brain works in a different way that i can't really explain how it's different and so i it, this may start to sound inadvertently patronizing i don't know or maybe i'm just not giving myself enough credit in explaining it uh, i'm gonna stop like incessantly repeating myself because i've been going at this for a solid almost 10 minutes just saying the same shit and so basically because when you're an autistic person you interpret and express things when it when you're being 100 percent natural you interpret and express things in a very different way um oftentimes if you are in completely natural mode when you're around someone you're completely comfortable with or at least close to it you will tend to sound uh rather you you might sound many do sound rather emotionless or what you might perceive as emotionless maybe robotic maybe like a computer or uh like they're it, it'll just sound rather i don't know maybe bland and emotionless to you uh sometimes very monotone and there's nothing wrong with it if this is how you express yourself please know that there's nothing wrong with that uh, but a lot of autistic people, including myself, and especially the way that you hear me when I do these episodes of Deep Fried Hockey Pucks, when I do Improv Night, when I perform anything, uh, we have what's called our mask. And I guarantee, even if you are neurotypical, you use a mask in some way, shape, or form. It's just we are required to use an extensive mask, um, so to speak, to be comprehensible by the people around us so basically the social cues that you might pick on uh the, the social cues you'll pick up on as a neurotypical person chances are um those are like you probably pick up on those naturally in some way shape or form you absorb social cues and thought expression and emotional expression naturally to a heavier extent than autistic people and so with at least people with my kind of autism there's many different kinds of autism some some that'll be much more obvious some that'll be much less obvious uh some that'll be confused for several mental disabilities which is you know it's i understand the assumption but just don't assume that if someone sounds different like you might say you know any given person might say they i don't know sound funny it's like just the way they interpret it i understand it if you know that's not what it is, it is rude to say that they sound funny. But if, you, if you're thinking, huh, that person sounds a little different or they sound like something that, you know, an asshole might make fun of, you know, something like that, then they could have a disability or they may just be autistic. And, or they may have some other sort of thing. I'm not a professional. I just know this from experience looking at my own shit. But, sorry, I have to drink some water. I really should have hydrated before this. So, what am I trying to say? Uh, I'm trying to like get myself back on the right track here, because um, it's a rather convoluted topic. So, 
we have to, many of us, including myself, have to manually interpret all the thoughts and expressions and emotions that you might interpret automatically and naturally. You know, I, when I go into the campfire in alt space or into a public space in real life, I have to be constantly in my head. Um, like I've made a habit out of it. So it comes like naturally in a different way. But I have to, I, I have to, for everything, manually decode it into my head into something that I can more easily translate and something I can more easily interpret in my own mind. And while I'm doing that, I'm also speaking in a way that, from my experiences, seems like it will be more comprehensible to the other person. The way I'm speaking to you right now as I'm recording this deep fried hockey puck, that is not normally how, that is not how I, it's how I normally speak to other people, but it's not how I naturally speak. When I'm around someone that I wholeheartedly trust um, more closely, because I have some, I have some traumatizing memories about, I, I have some traumatic memories about, you know, times when I was much younger, when I didn't really know how to do a mask when I when I hadn't didn't have much experience with uh with a mask I had a lot of a tougher time I was around people who are who are much less tolerant of the learning process of it and of my you know miscomprehension of the people around me and so it's made it very hard for me to take off my mask so I have to do it around people I trust mostly I will occasionally go publicly into the campfire without it on but things just generally go better when I leave it on and so I tend to just go in on occasion without my mask I'm trying to enhance how much I do that so that you know people get more used to it so there's you know more representation publicly but yeah basically I, the reason I don't sound autistic to you, or at least what you might think autistic people sound like, is because I have my mask on. And if you're wondering why I'm not taking it off as an example here, it's because I'm trying to learn how to switch it on and off more easily, and sometimes I can. Right now is not one of those times. Maybe in the future I'll do an episode with it off, uh, and you know some people might like that. I'm not convinced it'll be something people consistently enjoy, you know, as in, like... It's something people should get used to for everyday life, but I'm not convinced that it's an entertaining thing because everybody has to have anybody who does something to entertain others, whether it's a podcast or a show or YouTube videos, they have to they have to have a stage voice, which is different from your normal speaking voice. And I accept that, you know, I have to speak differently in front of a camera or on a stage or in front of a mic like this than I do when I'm talking naturally to a person. So here, I'm totally cool with putting on my mask. It's only in normal talking, you know, everyday talking that I have to try my best to, you know, take it off whenever I'm comfortable. And the funny thing is, with the 10 years that I took it off because of that traumatic memory, uh, almost 10 years that I straight that I kept it on just because I was just so ashamed of myself and so scared of reactions from people, uh, that I, um, it, like, it's, it's because of that, what am I trying to say? Where am I getting? Sorry, sometimes I just, like, have such a heavy train of thought that I just completely run off the tracks. You might have noticed that in previous episodes of Deep Fried Hockey Pucks, 
but and this is also just a very hard topic to explain anyway so i'm gonna stumble over myself a lot i know i'm like halfway through the episode already and only just now explaining this but whatever so when it comes so when it comes to the usage of this mask i i just felt so ashamed of it over time that i that oh yeah here we go that now it actually takes a special effort for me to take it off. Like, for instance, uh, similarly to if someone, you know, is used to being abused or hit by a family member, they might be very resistant to, they might be very, uh, they might be very sensitive to a situation where someone might, you know, touch them, even like on the shoulder or something like that. You know, if they were, like, beaten or physically abused in other ways, you know, you might be able to predict, you know, you might be able to put together what I'm trying to say. Many different ways that someone can be touched in a way that, you know, someone can touch them in a way that isn't, like, and I'm not just saying, you know, the kind, you know, that's a much more sensitive topic, but hitting or just being, you know, aggressively and startlingly grabbed in, like, somewhere very mundane or the place we're thinking of when I, you know, when I, uh, when I say that. And so in a way that if someone has gone through that, they might be resistant to, please don't touch me. You know, even if, you know, you're a friend of mine, I'm very resistant to that. That's why I have to make a special effort to take the mask off because I'm so used to having it on as a defense mechanism that I have to actively think, okay, you can relax now. You can lower down your walls and barriers. You can take off the mask here. I do it much more often with uh, some very select people than anyone else, uh, but I I'm trying to get more used to in normal life taking it off. But anyway, I I don't know if I've actually properly explained what it is yet, so I'm gonna I or maybe I have. I'll just go back over it in case I haven't properly like to your satisfaction. So yeah, basically from the manual interpretation I've done. Um, um, from what other people have shown to me in their expression, you know, just by talking to me extensively. That's how I gather how to talk to other people. And a lot of the time I have to some people what's called a stage voice. I'm putting up air quotes when I say stage voice because a lot of what, so when I was like a, when I was a kid, like leading, like all the time up until high school, I didn't have much of any friends like I did not have a lot of social interaction that was very positive at all and so most of the most of the interpretation of expression that I had to do most of the learning of how to talk to people I got from and this is a this is a bad idea to do generally speaking I just there were there was a certain way I did it but I learned from movies and TV and later on the stuff that I was I became wrong about. I was thankfully corrected about for uh, I, I was corrected from those things by people who care. So don't worry too much about that. But basically, the first learning that I did of like these social cues and things like that was from movies and TV, you know, and uh, that's part of the small part of why I've grown such like an attachment to movies and TV and, you know, referencing it and consuming them and enjoying them, excuse me, and why I get so absorbed into them. Because throughout my childhood, a lot of the time that was, 
the characters and the situations in those pieces of fiction were the closest thing I had to a real friend, to someone I could consistently rely on for a good time, you know, to, to have some fun, to go on an adventure, to go somewhere with someone you trust, to someone who will hold your hand, to someone who will, you know, go with you, care about you, you know, lay their life on the line for you and know that you'll do the same. I had to rely on fiction for that, as I'm sure many of the people listening, you know, probably did at some point as well. And so, what am I trying to say? Um, because of that, a lot of what I've interpreted, oh, it also came from YouTube videos that I'd watch of people just presenting information in a very entertaining manner, in a very captivating manner that was supposed to be said to someone to be consumable through, you know, something you'd download, something you'd stream on the internet, you know, something, you know, bite-sized that someone would scroll past. A lot of it was from that as well. And so I've naturally, my mask, like I have just a normal way of speaking as well, but my more natural, not natural per se, but my, the, the mask I'm more used to putting on. How about that? The mask I'm more used to putting on is one of a stage voice just because for one that's what i that's what i like most when i hear myself talk um and that's often when i get the best reactions from people i talk to and so i'm like okay this seems like the most optimal way to talk to people you know when i'm using the mask and so i'm gonna do this you know as much as comfortably possible and so that's why a lot of the time you'll hear me up and bouncy and at it and you know cracking jokes all the time. I mean, I crack jokes anyway, but like to, you know, to be all, you know, loud mouthed and, you know, have a, you know, very showy kind of way of doing, kind of very, I guess you'd call it flamboyant. Cause the thing is, okay. One thing I forgot to mention here, cause like there's things that I'm forgetting that I have told people that I know, but I haven't said in this episode or on this podcast. I haven't said like in a publicly available place. A mask is not faking anything. I've taken way too long in this, uh, deep fried hockey puck not to, not to mention this. Uh, I know it's been over 20 minutes in, but a mask is not faking anything. It is simply, I know this will sound confusing, but it's simply, translating the emotions and thoughts that I already have in my head and making it into something that you can more easily understand how I'm actually thinking it. So if I was conveying this to you without my mask on, I'd be feeling the same excited and flamboyant things and funny things, but I would, but it would sound much more, uh, yeah, like, like disinterested, annoyed, bored, monotone, robotic. It would sound a lot like those things. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. But you would have to rely on the words that I'm saying and very little on the tone that I'm saying it in, which is not a natural part of human expression normally. And so, not normally, but like, from what people are accustomed to, I can understand that's not part of what you're supposed to be used to, usually. You're supposed to rely on much more than just someone's words. But for people like me specifically, and I don't even just mean general autistic people, I mean for my specific kind of autism, uh, this is something that, like, when I don't have my mask on, you kind of have to, for everything, rely on mostly the words that I'm saying. Because very rarely is there a recognizable, an easily recognizable show of emotion. And... 
you know, cadence and expression of that sort. And so you have to rely more on the words that I'm saying than anything else. It eliminates a lot of different parts of human communication. I understand that that makes it difficult. And so that's why there's a lot of people I don't talk to consistently because I don't want to give them that trouble. But, and I know that a lot of people would be okay with it, but I just, I don't know, that isn't something you should have to be on guard about at a lot of times, even though I'm very supportive of when I'm very adamant about saying that the world, like, I wouldn't have gone through the things I had to go, uh, go through, and a lot of kids today wouldn't have to go through the same things they have to go through uh, if if people were raised as children to know how to better communicate with people who don't communicate the same way as they do, you know, to be able to communicate with people who have disabilities, who have different ways of thinking, you know, and didn't like, again, different, not in a bad way, just simply it's different and that's okay. You know, but like, just as a, you know, point of honesty, it is in fact different and that should be respected that it is like, I'm saying like, there's people who don't like saying that it's different because they think that comes with negative connotations, but it doesn't have to, it is fundamentally different. And that is something you should, you know, be honest about. It's just how you treat something that's different that's the more important part. So different does not have to mean lesser than. Different does not have to mean worse. That's just simply fear of the unknown, and that can lead to a bad slope. So what I'm trying to say is it's different, but not in like a, it's like, it, you know, it's, it's different. You know, the kind of way that you'd say behind closed doors, it's just, it's different. And so people should be, more people should be raised to be able to speak to someone who thinks in a different way. It's okay that it's different. Just treat it with respect. And a lot of kids won't have to, you know, go through the same heavy growth process I've had to go through, you know, in terms of mental health, you know, because it risked a lot, it, it took a lot of my self-esteem and self-confidence for many years. You know, it, it diminished that greatly, uh, the way that I was treated for it. And it, it tore chunks out of me as a person. It made me have to reinvent a lot of myself and really have to more heavily discover who I am because of how much it tore me down to be treated the way as I was. And so if more people are taught how to properly communicate and tolerate people like me, you know, th then we wouldn't have to go through these things because people fear what they don't understand. And so if you raise kids to understand these things more and to be around these things more naturally, then, you know, and to not be afraid of talking about these things, because a lot of people are afraid to talk about them for fear of sounding rude. If you ask me, I don't care what question you ask me. If you're coming from a place of honestly wanting information, you don't, like I'm saying anywhere you come up to me, Discord DMs, a Discord server, Altspace, uh, Twitter, Reddit, uh, if, if I once in a blue moon check Facebook, if you want to ask me any question, if, if, you're, if you really mean it in terms of you want to learn more information on what I'm saying, like on what I'm going through, or just you, it's an honest question that may sound rude to somebody. If you are truly getting putting it forward, not in a way to hurt anybody, not in a way to hurt me, especially the person you're talking to, 
And it's just something that sounds a little iffy, sounds like it'd be rude, but it's just a genuine curiosity. Please come to me. I won't be offended. Just make it clear that it's just a genuine question. And I will, like, I'm very open to that sort of stuff. I've answered it many times from many friends, many people that I've only just met, in fact. You know, people have opened conversations with me about that sort of stuff. You don't have to be nervous when asking me you know, if there's no one else who will talk to you about these things, you don't have to be nervous to ask me about anything. If it is coming from a genuine place of just seeking information, I'm happy to answer whatever question you have as best that I possibly can. And if I don't know how to answer it myself, I'll try and find you a better place to find that information. Because uh, I know a lot of people will be offended by certain ways that you might ask it to them. Or certain questions that you might ask, no matter where it's coming from. And I understand that, but you need to be able to ask these things. Because if you don't ask, how will you know? So I'm just going to tr try and stop repeating myself here. But basically, yeah, in short, <laughs> the TLDR of this is, I th chances are, I think and express myself in a natural environment the way a way that's different from how you do and on a consistent basis i will translate that into a way that you can better understand and that's okay but i want you to know that and if you want me to be more comfortable around you and you get close to me you'll have to be able to expect that i might sound more monotone at a certain point and if you want to ask any questions about it feel free because i'm going to forget to say it in here so anyway i'll say more on this later probably but thank you for listening to this Deep Pride Hockey Puck. If you would like to, uh, if you have any questions or topics for me to answer or cover, make sure to tweet me at Mystery Steve. That is uh, at my uh, little artist title and wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on Anchor, uh, which if you follow the Twitter link, that's where it is, then you can also send me a voice message that I can uh, even include in an episode and reply to. So... You know, and I'll include in the episode as best I can. So thank you very much again for listening to this Deep Fried Hockey Puck. Have a lovely time.